1: Hello and welcome back to Beers and Breakevens. This week we've got the roasting of the Rugby League Guru to wrap up the 2023 season. I'm your host Tim Williams, here with me this week to so lend me a hand in roasting the Guru. Ryan Selvidge, NRL C- Supercoach 365. How are you mate? Good mate, good to be back.
2: Obviously here last week uh, you are in the hot seat but Guru's turn today.
1: Yeah, you, you looked after me all right last week, mate, all things considered, and rank-wise and whatnot. Uh, the guru, not so much, so, mate, it's a, it's a good position to be in down here. Uh, also with us is that man who, he's got some kick in his step, the roo, and he's also got something else with him. Roo, you're sweating down there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, back home, eh? Two yeah. years on the trot, how good. We're hoping for an
1: early crow? Please. Yeah, I was. And, and Shit in. Early on, about one game into that round, and the numbers started to go in my favour a little bit. I had a few extra players. Ellie Kato was out. Jack Howarth came in. There was a few other things that happened, and uh, we'll get to the next man very shortly. But firstly, guys, we are brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. Thank you very much to Tony and the team for their support throughout the season. A few events coming up. We do have... On the 18th of September, of course, live in Bathurst, wealth through property event. On the 26th of September, Gen Z education at Sydney Olympic Park. The 28th, we have also at Sydney Olympic Park, and via webinar, Wealth through property. You can tune into that one. All of these events, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. There will be a link in the YouTube description to that one. And guys, over the off-season, if this isn't relevant to you at the moment, you want to do it later on, you want to get involved in these events, just message Guru or myself and we can sort you out with those. Now, Guru, I'm going to... I'm going to flatter you for a little bit because... A very, very small part of me is proud of you for for coming home strong. Uh, You played with a bit of depth this season. You finished with a bang. And one trade in particular, you finished fifteen hundred and fiftieth overall in the top 1%. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Thank you. The big, big turning point of our head-to-head duel was leading to round 26. Dallin watenis Lesniak. You were going to follow me into the trade, and you're on the podcast, and I'm going to do it, risk mitigation, all this sort of shit. And for once in your life, you went out on your own now, and you went against it. Dallin Watanis-Lesniak came out and scored 25 points that week against the Dragons, and then was rested in round 27. The following trade occurred. Toletau-Kola. Now, Kola came out in round 26, went big. Round 27... He had the highest-scoring Supercoach score for the entire season against the Tigers. That trade was a 188-point swing. Mm. Now, thankfully, you still would have just got me. However, if you did the dallin witeni Lesniak trade, you would have finished 2,950. So that trade banked you 1,400
0: spots. Sure did. was a big move. Um, you're a bit of an ifs and buts merchant, to be fair to me, Williams. You've got to make excuses somehow, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Kohler was a big punt. I think if you have a look at his scores the three weeks before that, I think he went over 45 at any point. So moving to fullback, um, yeah, had me very, very excited. You'll be happy to know. He might have done very well for me in Classic, but he did end my draft season, which means... A billion more to me unfortunately so oh, it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows there was a couple of tears and some long nights shout out to Stephen hebner and fuck you um <laughs> but yeah it was a big play classic wise and uh that's why we're sitting here how good
2: two on the trot mate i'm proud of you Elster in the room me. guru you mentioned your draft now there. So, you know flashback two years ago you were the draft guy and timmy was the classic guy but mm. i think i've seen that the engraving on there says guru twice so I think I'm
1: just the supercoach guy now.
2: Very quickly things you know? turn.
1: You're the supercoach guy on the bloke in the bar potty. I am toweling up the tipping, the predictions, all that. So we might have to have a rebrand. You're the supercoach guru and I'm the rugby league guru.
0: <laughs> Two weeks in a row for me on uh, <coughs> Face the Music. Flying at the moment. Preseason predictions. How'd you go here. there, mate? Not too well. <laughs> what about Maddie picking our quotes from the on the other night? Did you, did you go through them? Yeah, that'd be great. You picked one from me from the West Tigers where I pretty much said the Tigers will finish somewhere between 1 and 17. I got absolutely <laughs> smashed. I'm going. I didn't pick the fucking quote. <laughs> All the shit I say, and Matty picks
2: that one. Shout out to the Water Boy. Fished only Yeah, he had about ninety hours of content to go through. Tell it me about he it. You picked that.
1: Sh- shout out. You're going to throw throw stones at glass houses on Pro Matty the Water Boy. On that same post on Instagram, the Dolphins <laughs> called me out for potting them at the start of the year again. Thanks, Dolphins. Underneath that, you quote tweeted me saying that the the Dolphins will fold by the round thirteen or something. <laughs> And then you keep forgetting that you've got about 100,000 followers on Instagram and 90,000 of them think everything you say is true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was around 10 you said, not 30. It was great because I went really hard on the Dolphins. I just didn't go as hard as you because it was fantastic. Anyway, you win some, you lose more.
1: Uh, It'd be good to win a few more, though. It'd be great to win a few more of them. Uh, Now, mate, let's get into the roasting of your side Mm. for the season. And it's a funny one because we went went through mine last week and as you know, uh, you did get the dub on me, but not too many bad, bad trades. I mentioned about timing for other things. I know you've got a couple of stinkers in yours, so it's going to be a bit of fun.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting, and we spoke about it in your roast last week, obviously, about how, I, like, I, I'm very confident I had more bad trades than you, mm. but I think that if we were to put us on a spectrum of supercoach players, you're probably a little bit safer than why, what I am. I'm definitely probably take more swings, and I think that, this What we're going to talk about today is a really good example of you can, if you take five swings and you can hit two of them, that'll probably put you in front. Way funner as well. Heaps funner. <laughs> it's great. But if you don't hit any of those five, you're completely butchered and you're in all sorts. But I think that, I think that a lot of people in Supercoach do try and just stick to the crowd mm. too often. And there are moments where it is 100% the play, and I did that for a lot of the season. Uh, but when you do make your big plays, which I think is probably the draft player coming out of me, That I'm focusing on so many different guys Other than just those key classic guys Fuck it can be a big advantage It can sink you But it can make you too
1: Yeah Now look I won't be I won't get too excited about it But Cola next season I think Due to no lack of effort from Ruben Garrick But Has succeeded Garrick As the backup fullback At Manly If Tommy Turbo's out Reisart Kola becomes a very interesting one next season for round one because on what we saw, I know it was against who was it, the Tigers and who else they demolished, the Dolphins or someone, where he went bonkers the last two weeks. Anyway, it's irrelevant. But he fucking hates
0: the Dolphins. It's not irrelevant.
1: Oh. No, I was trying to think who, who mainly put a score on in round 26.
0: Bulldogs into West Tigers. There you go, Bulldogs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it wasn't a dolphin song. Don't the Dolphins Don't come after <laughs> me. Leave the Dolphins alone. Um but Cole, like mainly next season with Cole, who will start the season pretty cheap. Yeah, he has to play more of a roving role.
2: Yeah, you'd think so, and I think unlike a lot of those other fullbacks that we did mention last week, Ponga springs to mind. He's going to lose the duel. I think Cole will probably keep it, um, so that could give you an option there and some versatility yeah. early doors. Um, yeah, I think you say he's ousted Garrick. As that second choice fullback, Garrick was so good at right centre when he played there that we probably didn't expect him to be that good. So he could be a victim of his own ability and that's it.
1: Cole around one next season.
0: People aren't going to forget, namely the good old he did the last two weeks. I'm not convinced he would have jumped in front of Garrick, to be honest with you. I, I think Garrick, you know, like you've got to remember last year when Turbo went down until Jersey gate, Garrick was playing fullback and had them as a top eight side. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I, would, I would prefer to see him at fullback Cole because I think he's so wasted at centre it's not even funny. But I'm, I'm not. Isn't it crazy to think? Like, remember at the start, of, it was at one point when they, when Turbo was down. Who were they picking at fullback before they? K.O. weeks, yeah. KO weeks. So Kohler was their fourth. Still couldn't fullback. get a gig. Unbelievable, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not totally convinced he is the next guy out. But Ruben Garrick at centre was very. It's funny though. All these like Ruben Garrick moves to centre for that Dolphins game mm. that we watched in Canberra. They win that by sixty. Yeah. Kohler moves to fullback. They win both those games by sixty. Like I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that Cole is going to be the automatic number two guy.
2: Are we certain that but Turbo is still the number one fullback? I think so.
0: Okay. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: That Just throwing it out there. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, it's I a good get throw out, I, I've seen it's, a lot yeah.
1: of chat about it, and I get the argument of if it's injury-related and they want to ease him back and get runs under his belt at centre. I'm all for that. Yeah. But, like, once he's good to go, it's, he's the number one. Has to be. But... I do know that off the back of the last two weeks, Cola is going to be very highly owned, I believe, next season at his price. And it'll be interesting because if he just sticks in that same centre role and nothing changes, trap. But if he does start roaming, the pre-season trials will be a huge watch. He could be such a good pickup.
0: I, I worry that he's the sort of guy, if he's put at right centre, he'll just sit there. I think he could be very frustrating, Cola. But we'll see. Shit coaching if he does. He needs to get more well, involved. Yeah. Anyway...
1: Yeah, uh, let's get into it. Ryza, you have Guru's team from round one.
2: I do, and good little segue there from Tommy Turbo. He was Guru's captain in round one at fullback. He scored a 97. I and mean, he was in second gear that day against the Bulldogs. Yep. So mm-hmm. at that point of the year, we're thinking, here comes Turbo all over Shit. again. Uh, Teddy was the other fullback. Centre wingers, uh, AKP, Valentine Holmes, Isaac Tango, and Sunia Taruva. Um, Probably focusing on the draft angle there again, Holmes and uh, Tango are two names that you're either paying up for or a pod play in uh, the Panthers' centre. Speak us through that, I guess, before we go through the rest of it, because he was someone that was, he burst onto the super coach scene 2022, but his price was probably the detriment getting him from round one Yeah, for
0: sure. I always like to have a few pod players. I talked him up a lot in the preseason as well. Yeah. Um, I think i moved off him within two or three weeks i think i think that was a classic example of i had a pod it didn't go perfectly and i kind of shit myself yep i kind of regret doing that and there's a few guys that i did shit myself on this year and trade them out that i think were the right calls but i think isaac tungo was one without knowing his scores this is completely off the dome he's one that i kind of wish i would have persisted with
1: another one there for you it's we say something every year but you don't see these big outside back and halves scores in the opening three to five rounds of the season. It takes teams time to get into their stride and start gelling with new combinations, new recruits, before they the points start to flow. You add in a few things like there might be some injuries to teams and suspensions fall in, they get a little bit mismatched and that's when you see the big ones. So it, it's a good lesson, and you know. Being a bit
0: patient with these guys for sure and i think the other thing i didn't anticipate just thinking back the panthers started the season pretty slow mm. they lost to brisbane week one i think we we're in Wagga week two and they had a close game with south sydney that was a bit scrappy so uh points just weren't there i still think uh, i've obviously spoken about tongue a lot but i think he's a guy that i will own in classic quite a bit over the next few years and you're 100 percent starting with him next season. yeah i think i'm a very good shot too. you will for I, sure. st- I still think if you look back to 2022 he had an unbelievable season i had him in draft all year um Mate, he had about 13 tries disallowed.
2: Mm. Do you reckon there's a chance he starts here on, in the back row? I don't think
0: so. No? no? Not for me. I think that Hosking, Scotty Sorensen, they've got too many options <laughs> there. And Mate, he's a premier centre. Yeah, Proper premier centre. Right, we'll keep going. He just created the average sorry, 68
1: this season, 60 in 2022. So you paid up for him a decent amount, 627k at the start of this year. That 68 will prop him up sort of close to 700k. There's not a chance that'll be enough to, to deter you. Did mate. his
0: average go up by 8 this year? That's pretty wild though.
1: He scored yeah. what do you have? Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten tries in fourteen games. What do you have the year before? I can buy you some time
0: if you need to look it up, but
2: Well he does that, just on that, like if if you think if Tung was playing those weeks when Peachy was playing, like Peachy was banging out seventies, exactly eighties, nineties, hundreds as well. So oh, yeah. his average could have been even closer to 75, 80s. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: We'll keep going. like
0: I heavily backed him into score more tries this year than what he did last year. Right. He, he had, had twelve last year in twenty three games. Yeah, right. Fuck, that's wild.
2: Good things happening out there at Penrith, uh, and that's probably where you centered this team around. Good thing, maybe an understatement. <laughs> what things Well, there's going on. Penrith. This is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> um, you're half back for round one. Uh, it was Nathan Cleary? So you did pay up big bucks from round one. Yeah. Um, he partnered in the halves, Kalen Ponga. So again, I think Ponga. I started with KP, did you I? Did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, round go,
0: one at five eight. I was big on him heading into the draft year. I wanted to get him, and he got picked the, <coughs> the pick before me, which kind of rattled the shit out of me. I ended up with him in draft at the end of the day for a trade, but yeah, <laughs> I was very high on KP. I think I was very high on him because of Jacko Hastings arriving there. I just thought it'd free him up um even at five eight i thought it would still uh but yeah it was a bit of a slow start with him at six
1: isn't that funny where we sit there and like when you really weigh everything up across the season and like how much he killed me you started with him you got injured cost you a few trades so it's like when you bring everything into it yeah i forgot you started with him as well
2: Mm. uh your other halves were adam dewey and tanner boyd backing (laughs) up at oh
0: good God. (laughs) god (laughs) <laughs> oh, I wouldn't Tanner want Boyd. that to be my OzTak tag <laughs> That's grim.
2: Harsh? He did his job, Tanner Boyd. Wasn't it it a, a job, It took him too long. He's a job doer.
0: Mate, when you think about it, I've got a ten million dollar salary cap to pick whoever I want from the entire comp, I end yeah. up with Tanner Boyd and Adam Dewey. Yeah. Uh
2: your back rowers. Now this is probably where we'll spend a bit of time to start the year. Uh Egan Butcher, Teague Wilton, and I want to take you back to that. First Thursday night in round one. Jermaine Hopgood banged out 101. Um, talk us through, wh- what are you thinking when you see this unfolding in front of you? I'll, I'll tell you what night. happened that night. That
0: was our first country tour. Yeah. And we drove up to Armadale. Um, yeah. Drove to Armadale. I drove on my own. Timmy and Maddie drove the van up. And you are a few hours behind me. So yeah, I sat, we went to Armadale via Perth. Yeah, you, you went all over the joint. I sat in a hotel room on my own watching that entire game, just watching these. I think he was on... He, he just about based 100, didn't he? I yeah,
2: he, I don't think he scored. He had a whole heap of offloads. I remember that. There was of right, I was of sitting offloads. there
0: watching him and I think he was on like... He based eight. 81. Yeah. And no. it went to Golden Point as well. Yeah, it went to Golden Point. Went for an extra few minutes and he played the entire thing. And I just remember sitting there going... This might be my greatest ever. This is <laughs> fucking unreal. I'll never forget. It. I made a... Uh, it went fucking bonkers. I made a bit of content that was just Jermaine Hopgood's score with Paul Voughton going. <laughs> I remember. I was fucking
1: stoked with it. That was a good Room, night. room service, can
0: I get another box of tissues, please?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep going here. Your other back rowers were Hamoli Olakawatu and David Fafida. So a good mix there of try-scoring, attacking back rowers.
0: Fuck Olikowatu was frustrating to start the season. He was... He scored... If you got, one of you get up his starts. he scored a try just about every week for the first few weeks and never went above 60 or 70. It was frustrating. He was just scoring tries off kicks and yeah. bullshit. It was yeah.
1: so frustrating. Like week two against Parramatta, scored 60 with a double. He had 25 in base. Yeah,
2: two tries off kicks. It's gross. Yeah. Uh, rounding this out, your front row is Stefano and Christian Welch. And your hookers, Brandon Smith, Sonny Luke. So you went cheap in hooker. No Harry yeah. Grant to start of the year. Yeah, did I ever. Do you regret that?
0: Um, yeah, I. You know what? I and you can go back and check the tapes from the preseason. I was never keen on Brandon Smith. I never liked it. Yeah, but I got dragged into the crowd. Yeah, I just thought if he does kill it, I'm going to look like an idiot, and it's going to cost me too much. That that of all those players, that's my biggest regret because I never liked Brandon Smith at the Roosters from the very start.
1: I'll give you that. You called that very early. Yeah, I was never
0: happy with it. I was just trying to find the image of you and uh, you and Jumaan,
1: that glorious moment <laughs> out, out at uh, Bankwest Stadium or Combank, whichever the hell the one it is these days. Yeah, no, uh, the, the
0: Brandon Smith one sucks.
1: That that was you not backing yourself, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was a big case of following the crowd. I remember you calling out saying, like, it just seemed like a knockout, like an easy shot to take, no risk, and you
0: followed the crowd. Yeah, big time. And I think, yeah, got a little bit rattled on that one. He Unfortunately, get, yeah. the crowd followed me on Sonny Luke, listening to my fucking bullshit preaching, which uh, missed by a country mile. And uh, yeah, Sonny Luke was a tough one this year. Tough one.
2: So this was your non-scoring players for round one. This is the way you set up your team. So uh, Sonny <coughs> Luke was one of them. Uh, Franklin Pele was another one. Davi Mowale, Jacob Preston. We've already mentioned Tanner Boyd, Paul Alamotti, Will Warbrick and Isaac Thompson. So very cheap. Uh, on your non-playing reserves for oh, round those one.
0: those bench CTWs are I've got to say, uh, round one, I was driving back from Armadale on my own. It was the afternoon I captained Turbo. He was playing the Canterbury Bulldogs in round mm-hmm. one. And I remember I pulled up at a servo, got myself a little snack box, and I was sitting there trying to work out what my last reserve would be. And I remember sitting there going, you know what, I'm going to back T-Rex in here. And I traded in Jacob Preston about two minutes before the game started. I want to say he scored a try that day. He did. Yeah. Not in round one. Not in round one. He didn't. He had a good game. St- oh, no. no he round scored one, like 30 four. round one. Yeah, and then and he, then then he went bang, bang. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Correct. And I remember walking in here at, at the end of round one going, fucking Tim, <laughs> fucking bullshit. And he killed it after that. So thank you, T-Rex. Oh, totally, mate. Got you.
2: Good start, though. Uh, 97 as captain for Tommy, like we said. Yeah. Um, from that point onwards, uh, no trades in round two, and then a boost in round three. Uh, you sacked Brandon Smith. Didn't take you long to get rid of the cheese, yep. uh, Egan Butcher, and funnily enough, Isaac Tungo. He was gone you by round three as well. You weak, gutted
1: dog. I deserve Show that. some
2: loyalty. <laughs>
1: Whole For preseason, Tungo. This Tungo that yeah. you gave him two games. Yep, yeah. yep,
2: yeah. yeah. Penrith had a buy early. I think it was round three. So that could have been. I think. Remember that? that, that they was did the talk have an early season.
0: It was. My play was that I, I thought they'd start fast, I'd have Tongo, and then I'd trade him at that buy. Round three buy was the buy. <coughs> and I, and I, I genuinely remember all pre-season saying that, that I'd trade him the buy, which I now look back and go, even then, my thinking of these buys, I put too much emphasis on them. Yeah. I realise now. Yeah.
2: So you did bring in Bryce Cartwright, Izzy Katoa, one of you could-be-anythings, and Jacob Karaz, mm. who you captained in round four, I'm led to believe. Did I? Round three, Karaz. So you brought him wow. in and captained him the same week. Yeah, right. For a grand score of 62. Yeah, and I think it was a
0: lucky sixty-two from memory. Remember, he started. You didn't have him at the side? No, of the year I didn't. I, did. I was
1: terrified watching him every week.
0: Yeah, and he thankfully
1: was the doggy <laughs> shit the bed because if they kicked on and like so they beat the storm in round two, I think it was, and if they kicked on and became that team,
0: <clears throat> yeah,
1: like Kiraz, he got injured, but. Yeah. Uh, there was a period there earlier in the season where you're going, this bloke will be the top-finishing CT dub for the Dogs in base stats.
0: Well, I, I remember getting to, like, round three or four just before he got injured, <coughs> and we were, like, in my draft chat, we were generally going, Kira's is going to be the draft of the season. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be a top-ten player, and he would have got picked round eight or round nine.
1: It'd be an interesting one early next year because of how good he was early, and then towards the back end of the season, you saw his base come back up because I'd think he was playing injured for, for a lot yeah. of that. Once he came, came back a bit early and all that. So he'll start at a decent price next year. And There's no reason why the output should be any different. The doggies have
0: to be improved. He'll be a sneaky early one next year. Jeez, you wouldn't want to be the winger outside him trying to get the ball off him and no. Stephen Crichton. Oh. Bring a deck chair with you.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can watch on. Round four. Uh, Bryce sorry, Cartwright. Go on. Yeah, this
0: is a big talking point for Outstanding us.
1: Outstanding trade in. Remember him and Matty Dury had both, I think, played like 80 the, fir- the opening rounds. Sean Lane was out injured and there they they were minutes to have there. Isaiah the year gone. And everyone's gone. Dury versus Cartwright. Cartwright, mate, arguably cheapier, or probably Hopgood, but arguably cheapier of the year. Cardi finished the season with a 63-point average. You cashed him out a little bit early. I mean, yeah. hindsight's a great thing, but at 446k, he's one of them blokes who easily could have been a staple of your team the entire year. Nonetheless, mate. That was a great move.
0: Yeah, I think most people went the other way to Dory. Yep. I just he's a good player. I've just never seen it like other people have yep. with him. So, but Bryce Cartwright, I will always admit, I'll get more wrong. I mean, I drafted Bryce Cartwright, pick number two, the first time he went to the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> I dropped him in round ten, unbelievable, uh, and I didn't win a game until round ten that year either. So shout out to Brycey boy. Uh, but I will always be a big Cartwright fan. And, yeah, it was good to see that one play out the way that it did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, That round, was a yeah. big talking point for us. I remember that was, that was a big week for us.
1: You had, uh, didn't you, wasn't your first round pick that year, big Shannon Boyd at the Titans? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I drove to draft night that, that year with uh, Garth Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good trip. Uh, uh, round four, this is where it gets interesting because you sold Caelan Ponga, James Tedesco, and you brought in Harry Grant and Reese Walsh. So, two big names out, two big names in. Harry, I think he'd scored a couple of hundreds or at least 100, a couple of 90s before round three. You brought him in round four. And Rhys Walsh, again, this is sort of where, I think that was a very popular trade that week, Teddy to Walsh, and Walsh just kicked on.
0: Yeah, I I think the Harry Grant play, I actually think you had captained him a few times in the first few weeks, and that was starting to worry me. So, I think I brought Grant in there, and then the Rhys Walsh one, I... I don't like bringing in guys in supercoats that have to do a lot to score. I hate relying on guys to set up three tries and all that sort of shit, but Reese Walsh was just undeniable Yeah, by
2: that point. Like, you just couldn't leave him. You did captain Harry Grant that week, again, for 44. <laughs> that makes sense, and Walsh, I that. <laughs> Walsh, the same week, played the Dolphins and got a 84. So, yeah. one of those sliding doors moments. But, yeah, it was sort of after that where Walsh went on and scored 90s, 100s, um, doing plenty to do that, but... Yeah. It's just so vocal in their attack. Round
1: five was a great trading week. Your second boost of the season. Dewey out, Garrick in. Sweet, happy days. It's the next two. Tanner Boyd and Isaac Thompson out. Now, Tanner Boyd, anyone who held him for longer, eked a bit of value out of him. He was actually half all right. The two that came in. Firstly, Nico Hines off the back of 180. <laughs> and Joshi Schuster at 241k. <laughs> Oof.
2: Did we gloss over the fact that Guru told people not to bring in Hines in round four, was it? That's right. He don't, did don't tell don't people
0: not to bring in Now, now I would challenge all of you to go back and watch the tape of me saying, I don't think he will play. Ooh, <laughs> I, think, I think accept. I copped it pretty unfairly this year, to be honest with you. I'll wear it and that's fine.
2: That's fine. But um, numbers, numbers are here, black and white. 180. I got into a
0: little verbal last weekend with a guy on... Uh, Social media, oh, I was pretty drunk by that point, but he uh, what he sprayed me for, he sprayed me, he goes you fucked me with the Nico Hines thing, you told me he wasn't playing, and then you fucked me on the weekend because I thought Nathan Cleary was resting because of you, I just said, oh you press God. the button brother, yeah. <laughs> you make your own decisions kid, yeah, don't seriously. you, you do your own thing, but yeah the uh, Nico Hines thing, it actually turned out to be probably the highlight of the season I think. Yeah,
1: and, and also, if you're going to throw shade at us for, for getting a few things wrong in Supercoach, if we got everything right, no one would play Supercoach because we'd win overall every year by a mile because it'd mean we'd never get anything wrong. Yeah.
2: You did bring in Nico the uh, for that round five game against the Warriors. He did score 102. So, yep. very quickly, did he repay the trade? Had a buy around six, though, so you weren't deterred by that. Mm. Um, very quickly, did you get rid of Tanner Boyd, someone that you said you wouldn't want down there at Southeastern's tag? Um, yeah.
0: Can I can I just jump in quickly? Yeah, mate. Did we both trade in Schuster and Hines in the same week? I feel like I said that to you last I week I reckon
1: well. I waited until after the buy for Hines. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, actually, I went before the buy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was a big talking point this year too, wasn't it? Because we were yeah. in fucking damage control after that one eight. Yeah. So I waited. I think I waited a little bit
1: longer. I I'm trying to find my own moves, but I didn't get him to round seven. Uh, okay. Because because of that buy bo- the buy and then tough games. Remember you had oh, yeah yeah yeah. I think one of them was the roosters who were meant to be tough. Yeah. So we had. Where are we? Anyway, carry on.
2: The next week, this is where it gets interesting again because the popular trade in round six was Hopgood to Hosking. I remember that yeah. was like the trade of the week. Uh, you kept Jermaine Hopgood even though he was benched um, and you brought in Hosking anyway, but you sold Teague Wilton. Also, Greg Marju, you traded in that week for Paul Alamotti. So some considerable <coughs> upgrades there given what both Hosking and Marju went on to do.
0: Yeah, I, um, I think Marju, you never went him, so that was a big advantage for Seasoned me to, to Yep, season-defining.
1: I, I didn't realise you went that early on him. That was huge. Yeah,
0: because he... Well, he didn't play the first two weeks, Martial. I think I he think had so. a abductor or something that was wrong. Uh, then I brought him in, and I, and I remember the night we were in Cairns... Which round would three. Missed Miss
1: thre- first three.
0: First three, did he. The night we were in Cairns, which would have been round four, we were sitting Raiders. at that pub. And Hosking... Sorry, I meant Hosking. He, he killed it that night mm. against Parramatta. Had a big score, and I had him in my draft side too. Drafted him fucking early too. Um, and I made the decision that night that Hosking was coming in very soon. And I, to be honest with you, I'm actually really disappointed with how Hosking's season played out. I thought he would be an all-timer this year. I thought yeah. he would lock down an edge, and I thought he'd be a 70-point back rower this season. Yeah, he had one of the greatest mid-rangers of all time
1: potential there, at, yeah. least, in, at least in the back row.
0: I think he was a really good example of just showing how hard first grade is. No matter how tough you are, whatever, playing in the back row for 80 minutes consistently f- for that long takes a toll on your body. It takes well, years to well, get Well, you, you
1: to. know who the bloke that we thought Hosking was going to come become? That
0: bloke's name was Scott Sorensen. Yeah, and he's in year four, five, six, yeah. whatever it might be of his career. So I still think Hosking in the next few years is going to be a very, very relevant super coach player. Yeah.
2: Yeah. To score 117 against the uh, the Eels, like you said there, but then yeah, like I think probably not so much a shot at Hosking, but more so like you say there, Timmy, like a a testament to how good both Liam Martin and Sorensen are. Obviously Luke Garner, yeah. a popular Supercoach player to start the year as well, that I think you've looked to uh, avoid by this point. Round uh, seven, you traded Bryce Cartwright out. He did do a good job. You made a 211k profit there. You downgraded, I won't say downgrade in the sense of performance, but downgraded in in a dollar sense to uh, Timmy Williams himself. Phoenix Crossland came in round seven.
0: I can take no responsibility for that one. That was uh, T. Williams himself that convinced me on
2: that one, I think. Is that right? I got you under it, my boy. You brought him in and the fixture didn't deter you. They had the Panthers that week. So it was a purely a, a cash decision there.
0: And you know what? Even like, obviously. I made the decision to bring him in, but I brought him in because of Tim. But I, even then, I still didn't think he would get anywhere near the heights he did. Just mm. not even a chance. And man, there was weeks there where I was playing him in my 17 when I was full strength and he was scoring me 60s. Like, yeah. He was incredible for us this year, Fiend, especially during some of those buy rounds mm. and shit, key moments. Yeah, He stood up in a lot of them for us.
1: And you jagged him... You held him a bit longer than I did, and it was pretty fruitful. Yeah. fruitful. There was one round that I had him that, you didn't, that I played him, and I think he scored sixty nine, or Nine, or yeah. and maybe more. Could have got more,
0: yeah. He had a very good so You,
1: you game. didn't sell him to round 22, and you cashed out for a bit more than I did, plus a few extra good scores. Yeah. Mate, yeah. let's fast forward to the moment of the season. Round nine, Reese Walsh out, Clint Gussen in. Tom uh, Trebojevic out, Tom Trebojevic out, Tyrell (laughs) Sloan.
0: One of these is not the same.
1: The most traded-in player of the week. A bloke we both shit-canned in Supercoach circles, all pre-season, all start of the season. You just couldn't resist getting in Tyrell Sloan.
0: He is a guy that I have shit-canned from Classic to draft in everything his entire Mm. career and i think i think sometimes we spoke about with your team last week timmy that sometimes we can be too stubborn um i think it's one of my (coughs) strengths that i tend not to be stubborn i'm more than happy to make these moves despite what i say i think it's the right play at that moment uh and i genuinely thought he was going to go big over those two or three weeks and i'll give you the hot tip he did not
1: the two weeks prior against the Raiders, 85 points, and then 90 against the Roosters. Everyone brought him in this week. Thank Christ. Can I myself. guess what he got? Yep. Round uh, nine against the Bulldogs at home at Wynn Stadium. I want to say it was like 18 or something. Bang on. 18. 18. <laughs> it's just burning into the brain. Into. 12 in base. Yeah. Round 10. <laughs> he got 12 in base. Yeah. <laughs> it went over. <laughs> round 10, the West Tigers at Suncorp. A great service for Supercoach scoring. 35. <laughs> you wish. Twenty. <laughs> Go on. Round 11 against the Cowboys who are coming near the bottom of the ladder. 27. Following week, 29 against the Roosters. Following week, round 13, 25 against the Dolphins. You know the best thing about this entire Tyrell Sloan? So he had a five-round average when people brought him in of about 20. The next two weeks, Panthers in Penrith, 59. And then the bunnies who were top of the comp at the time, 82. Yeah, he blew the bunnies away that night, I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So for the rest of the year, every time Torrell Sloan did anything, scored a try, threw a good pass, my DMs would just blow up. It was oh fucking God. outrageous. But yeah, Sloan, he was... Um, did I bring him in twice or just the once? No, Surely you know,
1: not. because you're, you're, your best bit of content for me across the year was there was a time when a fullback went down. So it might have been Teddy <laughs> or some. I can't remember who. And you just had, there's only one man we can call in <laughs> a time like this. And you just had Tyrell Sloan in the Batman light in <laughs> the sky.
0: <laughs> That's right. Oh, fuck. And mate, so many people messaged me thinking I'd actually brought him in that weekend. So, But um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've yeah, i always shit canned him. Backed my gut in on that one. It didn't play, didn't didn't work out. But uh, especially with fullbacks and everything, if you've got a gut feel, I think you've just got to go it. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that is the classic example. I fucked up Sloan. I think there's another fullback I mess up throughout the year. Or there is another fullback I mess up with throughout the year. But because I got Kohler in the back end, you know, I hit one out of three there, but it was well worth it.
2: What about uh, just amongst all of those pretty shitty scores there from Tyrell Sloan? You made the decision to cut him in round 11. So you just held him for two weeks. I want to talk to you about the player you brought in. I think this Before is Before you do that. Go on.
1: So he had something like. An, an a real low negative break even when you did that you sold him so you bought him for 463k ready to make some good cash
2: (laughs) you then you then sold him
1: (laughs) you sold him for 485k so i think you made 20k if if my timeline is correct but my memory
0: was you lost money in the two weeks as well (laughs) Mate, I thought I lost money. We almost lost sponsors on the podcast. It was was
2: all (laughs) over the place. Cost us a fortune. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, Roger. All good. Just after one bad decision, here came a good one. Jareem Buller was the guy you traded Sloan to round 11. So this was a real moment um, in your season, I know. And for those that didn't buy, it was another sliding doors moment. But Jareem Buller, you couldn't have expected what came from when you traded him in round 11, 283k.
0: Yeah, and this is one, this is, as I just said before, one of my strengths. I think is that I can ignore sometimes what my senses say and just back things in. Like for me, a debutant playing fullback at the Tigers, there is red flags all over that with this guy, and there was the entire mm. time. And I've got no idea how, but I actually had hardly ever seen him play before. I didn't really know he existed in the preseason. Um, so then when he burst on, well, because he had
1: that gap when he was playing basketball, he wasn't really playing. He wasn't playing footy eighteen months before. That would explain it. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, so t- to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure why I decided, I can't remember my thought process, but I wouldn't have been happy making that decision, but thankfully I did.
1: Yeah, what, what was his thought process? Uh, speed dial number one. Hey, Tim, shall you pull buller in or not? Yeah, okay, mate, thanks. Uh, you also, you cashed out at a good time. You cashed him out in round 19 at 646k. I think when I did it, he was in the five. So you got out at a pretty damn good time. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, He had a few yeah. barriers. Yeah, he did have a few barriers, but geez, there was a remember. I remember there was a show that we came in here and we <laughs> went, "Is he a keeper? Yeah, mm. could he be?" Like a there was a period of time there where he was doing some amazing things, uh, but yeah, I think I nailed Buller from well, start to
1: finish. It was the Tigers' bed shit and being no good and get the wooden spoon. Imagine him in a top eight side.
2: Yeah, would be scary. Yeah. Mm. I can't wait now that uh, there's Supercoach NBL Guru will be scouting the local leagues in <laughs> oh. Queensland basketball for the next. Could be anything. Uh, Rugby league Back on the agenda now Uh, Round 12 You went to Billy Smith Um, I know you're Another one of those guys That you've been big on Over the years Um, Probably went Not going to say early But what you got back From Billy Was probably at a, a Period of the season there Where he just couldn't seem to Put consistent scores Back to back to back
0: What I got from Billy Is exactly what I deserved Yeah. 100%, 100%, as it tends to be with Billy every year. I think I've owned him in draft three years in a row now at some point. Um, I actually I watched him play his return game for the North Sydney Bears. and I, I, I think I spoke to you about this, Timmy, the mm. week up, and I watched him play, and he looked okay, but defensively he was in fucking shambles, yeah. and I thought there's not a hope in hell he's going to get back into this side. So I was actually very shocked when he got named, but uh, I will admit I am a sucker for one. B Smith of the Billy variety think he,
2: what he's produced the last couple of weeks Is what you were hoping to There's get There's something there yeah.
1: Remember There's he something. had a break even of something like Minus 50 or minus 80 or something at the time You, know, you end up selling for about a 70k profit yeah. <laughs> Four or five weeks later
0: And you know what If you would have made me guess
1: how much I got mad of him I would have said less than 70k So You sold him in round 20 for 360 So yeah
0: 70k Yeah I think uh, we'll be having a very similar conversation about Billy in a f- For a few more years
1: Round thirteen, mate. Uh this I mentioned a certain Knights players being seasoned finding earlier. Uh this was the big one. Calen Ponga, round thirteen at five hundred and eleven K. You got him a bit earlier than I remembered. Yeah. So round thirteen, mate, that's pretty well when he went on his tear, didn't he? with his like concussion history, that was that was a wonderful play.
0: Yeah, there was there was a few that I got on this year that I traded them in and they were really good trades and they were a little bit pottish at the time. But then the week after, everyone else traded them in. It happened with KP, happened with Jack DeBellin when Mm. everyone sort of got on JDB. And I think Corey Horsley was the other one as well. Three guys that I had in my draft team, which is why I was watching them so closely. Um, But yeah, the KP one was huge, especially when you made the decision, which to there's another 160,000 people out there unversing. but. You are the people, person I watched the closest. So when you decided not to, it was uh, yeah, it was a big move, KP. To be fair, like he came and got, he went 77, 92, 95, 40,
1: seventy seven, ninety two, ninety five, forty seven. His first five games when you bought him, yeah. First four games as of today, then he went bongs with one eighty against the Dogs, one thirty seven against the Tigers. The rest is history. That being said, because he was so lowly priced. Even with those scores in the few 90s in there he was mid 600s by that time and you'd cashed in and by that time you know i'm sitting there, sitting there oh, mid six nearly 700k head knocks yeah everyone's owning him but yeah great great play
2: it's an interesting time to buy him as well they obviously played round 13 that's potentially a big reason why you did buy him but they had the buy in 14 and then like we said last week when uh, speaking about timmy's team it was every chance he got the origin call up be it starting fullback or off the bench so I'm sure there was temptation to even sell him um, in that period, even just even though you just bought him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I was a big believer in. K- As I said, I wanted to get him in draft, and I I think I like I had pick number one, which meant my second pick was pick twenty eight or whatever. And I thought no one's going to go near KP with concussions playing five eight. No one will go near mm. him. And my best mate Jeremy, who pretty much bases all these of picks off what I say in the fucking podcast, he took him. It's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I want to introduce you to my friend, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Should I get Guru on the third one as well, just to uh, be safe? S- save two trips up there. Um, yeah, so I was very high on KP from the preseason, and then it was funny. He that game against Candy were exploded. He that was you came back from Europe a few weeks after that.
1: Ah, uh, yes. And Go I remember you URL said something cage. to me.
0: You said something to me like, um, "Oh fuck! Thanks for letting me know." He was goal-kicking, assuming that... Uh, I think you assumed that Jackson Hastings had told that's me. That's right. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea until they ran out, and then he picked up the tee, and I was like, ooh, that's right. okay, that's a little bonus. It, I mean, it doesn't help, but that... Yeah, and he kicked 11 from 11. Yeah. Because that was the Pretty week... Pretty much all from his bad side. Yeah,
1: because that was like the breaking point of, like, low break even was we had to make good cash, soft where you, that where... Yeah, that was the key week that yeah. killed me. And I remember a lot of it was that he wasn't kicking, and I was kind of like... Not kicking, I can cop it. Yeah. Then when he came in, not only did he kick, but he kicked 11 from 11. And I just went, shit, he would have gone up a ton of cash, went 180, and he was goal kicking.
0: Yeah. And that was the same, like, all, like th- that was the week I traded him into my draft side. Mm. And I think all the boys in my comp assumed that Jacko had told me he was goal kicking. I had no idea until he ran out. And I was yeah. like, ooh, this is going to be delicious. Little did I know, 11 from 11 from the left hand touchline. Yeah. It was incredible.
1: Uh, mate, and one of the, the best ones, the, the following... Oh, there's a couple of good ones here, actually. I'll start with one. You departed with Sonny Luke, your beloved Sonny, for 228k. Again, you got out... Well, you started the season with him, so I won't say you got out at a good time, but before others who had him all season, Jacob Little came in. I took the piss out of you. Everyone took the piss out of you. 37 points in 49 minutes against the Panthers. I think you even admitted, what have I done? What were you thinking at that time?
0: If you roll the tape back to the preseason, I actually nominated Jacob Little as a guy to keep an eye on during the origin period solely because of their draw and their run and mm. everything like that and just their squad in general. Um, I traded in Jacob Little. was the, it was the first game against Penrith. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. I remember he, he was a trade that... He was one of those guys that I didn't... I woke up Sunday morning and I didn't think I was going to make any trade that day. And I don't know, just the longer the day went on, I got itchier and itchier. And I I actually had him in draft as well as a real common theme here. And made a last-minute decision to bring in Jacob Little. And I can't really remember why I did it. I'm not sure. Bored? Potentially. I feel like there was more of a domino effect to it, but it it wouldn't have... I don't know why I did it, because it wouldn't have... Maybe I saw the origin period coming and I knew I'd be without Harry Grant, so I just thought at least I'll have a hooker playing.
1: Like I get the itchy feet trade when it's there like a high upside. Like I had the itchy feet big time and when I got Dallin in for that mm. one twenty odd matchup. Cause you're like, Oh, if I miss this, it could be their one eighty. You got Jacob a little. What <laughs> what round was it? Fourteen. So that it, was, it was like the week after, maybe you're a little bit short on numbers because they're a bunchy out that week. That, that it. It, it, it it might have been
0: it. There was a reason why I did it to pull the trigger that allowed <coughs> me to do more stuff the week after. Yeah. It, it must have been something along those lines. But yep. from memory... I don't think he did terribly over the next few weeks. No, no, no. That's what I was getting to, yeah.
1: That's what I wanted you after that game thought.
0: I was rattled as (laughs) shit after that. He he went on to
1: have a four-game average through Origin of, like, 60 points. Yeah, he scored a couple of tries and whatnot. I I
0: can't even remember how many times I actually He scored,
1: then had assist, assist. Yeah. Yeah. So he did all right for you in the end.
2: So that was round fourteen. You actually used the boost to bring him and a couple of others in. It was a boost to get little in. That was your boost. Oh. That was your <laughs> that that was, fucking rank. That was your last boost. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, Johnny Bateman and Talakai were the other <laughs> two that came in. I think Bateman did a job. Like Bateman uh, did. He did a job. a job round nineteen. I remember he was a number, but Talakai, I th- maybe just bought into that sharks run. It looked so good. Uh, at on paper.
0: Sufa. I've always been a huge Talakai fan, yeah. like from Mascot Jets under 14s, <laughs> huge fan. So Talakai, yeah, that one might seem a little bit rogue, but that's very me. I love Talakai. Oh, I'm actually thinking, I wonder if the weekend I brought in Little, if I potentially was trying to get a VC score and I didn't want Sonny Luke to stink it up. So I maybe on the Sunday afternoon maybe. brought in. Maybe that was what it was. Potentially. But anyway, yes. The Sivitalakai one, um, that was actually, there was a little bit of spite in that, which I like to do occasionally with Timmy because we'd spoken about him in the weeks before that, remember? A few, t- Not bit, but like more so like when we're having a coffee or whatever, we go, oh, love to bring in Talakai right now, blah, blah, blah. And I just knew you didn't have him. So I remember there being a bit of spite to that one, yeah. which I live for
1: absolutely but live for it. You, you fast forward to round 19 and th- these are the kind of trades where like i'll get your thoughts on it and it might go a different direction but where i try not to naff and, and get these battlers and and blokes who every chance they won't be there the end of the season you went Buller out choir ward in you went schuster up to Taylor, so it was obviously a bit of cash to fund that but choir ward who ended up being like he hardly really played for the rest of the season. And from round 19, you've brought in... Obviously, you thought... I know you rated him as a player and you're mm. thinking maybe he'd come out for the Broncos and he might get a few more starts, but
0: a dangerous move. What was your thinking, there? uh To be honest with you, <coughs> it didn't play out the way I thought it would, but it ended up being better. So I brought him in. He played that one game. He scored a try.
1: Round it's, 19, so yeah, the, the origin buy, third major by yeah, yeah, so he
0: played the Sunday afternoon. It was funny. I actually... All week I was trading in Blake Wilson, which no one else was going near. And then Khoi Ward got named. And I've always liked him. So mm. I brought him in. I think Blake Wilson actually ended up scoring 100 that week. Yeah. And then, of course, he scored he scored a few hundreds on the run home as well. And I think in the last week, he might have done okay too. Might be talking he scored about a, the out. real late try in it. Scored the late try, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So looking back on it, I wish I would have gone Wilson because it wouldn't have cost me too much. But quiet ward, he came in, he scored 60-odd in that game. He scored a try. To be honest with you, he actually looked really average in that game. Uh, I, I I took an L on that. But he scored well in that game, so I got the 60 points. But he played bad enough throughout the rest of it that he actually didn't play again. Yeah. So it actually turned out to be an okay enough because it freed up cash to be able to make other big moves so a classic example of it worked out okay but it didn't work out as i planned but you need a few things to fall your way sometimes
1: Rue, let's fast forward a few more weeks and i mentioned earlier about nuffs yep. and h- how much i, I, I hate idea. them in supercoach yep. we go through to round 21 just especially you just brought in choir ward you'd some not been burned by it, but you know depth becomes a bit of a question mark. You have a little in there. Jacob little out. Rue Nagatakora, two hundred k, left you with no backup hooker with six or seven rounds to go. You had trades up the sleeve mm-hmm. to cover it. It obviously facilitated a trade in of Campbell Graham, which didn't obviously pan out, but. Roo's the one that I want to toy That was... I... No. Nah.
0: Yeah, and this is... I think this is <coughs> the big thing that differentiates us as Supercoach players. Mm. Um, I will always be happy to enough players. Always. Because I think it frees up opportunity to get... To spend more money on big-name players that you want. Mm. And I think depth is important. There's no doubt about that. But I just think you need to also just be getting the big guns that you need.
1: I can... Get around that idea at like centre wing or two RF where you've got coverage. You had no coverage at hooker. But I had the
0: trades. So you did matter. have the trades. If I didn't have the trades, completely different conversation. Yeah. But up until the last week, if Harry Grant was ruled out, it would have been fine. I could have just made a move on him. And it would have. Christ,
1: been I wanted Harry to get ruled out any time before that final round. It would have yeah. changed my season because because I had Brayley in backup. Yeah, you had Brayley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I
0: also. And this is something that I do probably more so in draft. I also just look at it and go, Okay, hooker, I don't think it's as important a position as what everyone else carries on with anymore. I'm 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 very much so off the hooker train. If you've been following my draft content for years, I've been saying it for ages, and I think classic is very fucking similar. Even Harry Grant, to be fair, he went bigger this year than what I thought he would. But mate, there was weeks here where Jacob Little was outscoring Harry fucking Grant. Mm. Like I just, I, and if I, if it meant I ran without a hooker for a week or two, by that point I'd realised that these buys and everything, they weren't actually having as much impact as what people were expecting. So if it meant that I was without a hooker for a week, which I wouldn't be because I had trades, it didn't worry me in the slightest and it allowed me to free up cash to make big moves later. So I reckon we're going to have a few of these conversations over the years.
2: There's I'm a real sure. pattern there with trading in a uh, quote-unquote enough with someone else like a, a big gun so you did it like we said there with Campbell Graham uh, rewind on that um, same week as you brought in Kai Ward you brought in Molotalo uh, I wanna take you enough b- <laughs> yeah take you back yeah, to fuck. round take you back to round 18 Joey Tarpanay alongside Ty Munro yep uh, Munro you actually traded him in and I, I can't believe we've missed this you traded out Nick Meaney who you traded in just one week prior. I was and waiting for Meaney to come, yeah. And you captained oh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we've glossed over the fact your worst <laughs> yeah. week, probably your worst trade, your worst captain, Nick Meany, round 17, and you sold him round 18. Wow.
0: Yeah, it was a one-week play. I, I needed to... I wanted to make a big splash that afternoon and go for a big captain score. I can't remember why. My vice captain didn't work out and so, something... I, either I fucked it up or someone got ruled out or something and I just wanted to go for a big play. Um... Nick Meany, by the way also one that i have never been overly high on mm. his entire career even when he signed with melbourne i wasn't huge on it he's proved me wrong there 100 um but yeah brought in nick meaney i want to say 41. Bang score. on 41. yeah yeah haunts me
2: i mean it looked a good game on paper at home to manly who at the time they were floundering a little bit yep. so I, I can see the logic there i think storm <coughs> won well he just didn't do anything
0: and i i came in with the full plan to Not the plan, but I came in knowing that there is every chance I trade him out next week. Wow. Because I was happy just to take a punt on that one big play that no one else was going to do. No one else was going to captain him, and I was happy to take that risk. Uh, Didn't pay off, uh, but I'm happy to live and die by the sword. Rue,
1: fast forward to round 23. Val Holmes suspended for the rest of the season. I was absolutely devastated to see that as a bloke who didn't own him. Uh, Mate, you went... With Dane Gagai. Holy... This is one of, like, we spoke about it, and we spoke about it, and we spoke about it. for Basically from about mid-season, but particularly after the origin period, about his numbers and how the lack of attack he got. He finished the season with a 72-point average. He scored three tries. Based 40 per game... And what did I say? You bought him in round 23, 70, 97, 56, 78, then was rested round 27. That
0: is an unbelievable season. Unbelievable season, to be honest with you, <coughs> I was disappointed. Yeah, I thought he because the better. attack didn't come. The attack didn't come. Yeah. And even, mate, there was even, I think you just read out a 55 and a 58? Uh, 70, 97, 56, 78. Yeah, right. So I remember that 56 just sitting there going, fuck, that's disappointing. I was expecting seventies every week, which he did a lot mm. of the time. Um, yeah, D- Dane Gagai. I think at that point he was one or two percent owned. He got a little bit higher as the season went on, but I don't think he ever got a too heap. high. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the risk you take. I, I actually I remember saying to Jackson Hastings about five weeks out. I said, "Do you go? If you guys <sighs> are safe in the last round, do you reckon you're a chance to rest guys?" And I remember he sort of said, "Maybe, but I think we'd rather keep our momentum." Mm. And at that point, I sort of went, okay, I'm happy to go Gagai. I'm happy that I've got KP, Marciu, all these fellas. Didn't play out that way, obviously, which is how it works. Uh, It it, it did in the sense, though,
1: that like KP was injured, Hastings was injured. Gagai, being a veteran, he was the only one who got the rest. He He was, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah.
1: I was crying out for Marciu to get me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So his tackle breaks those last four games from round 23 onwards, 9, 12, 5, 13.
0: It'll sound stupid, but it was very like Andrew Fafita esque. He would just mm. get the ball turned under and just go, us, us, yep. us, us. make two metres, but break eight tackles. And you just go, gone. It's
2: probably forgotten about as well because he was doing that. Great stuff for super coach but he wasn't finishing the tries he wasn't making the line breaks yeah. you know, yeah. i just look here dom young 31 line breaks how many of those passes would have come from dan gagai
0: well yeah and that's the other thing as well there was a number of times towards the back end of the season where he would throw these incredible passes Dane gagai where he would hold the ball for half a second and create space and quite often they don't give the attacking stats for that which i get and it's how super coach works but christ i reckon if you had like a rugby league mind sitting there scoring instead of a super coach mind his points would have gone through the fucking roof yeah. thankfully if it wasn't going to him a lot of the time it was going to kp so i was getting them anyway but there was a lot of points that tyson gamble picked up this year that i personally thought dang i should have got
1: guru uh, lots of people ask me you know sit there and watch the podcast and run into them over a beer at times they go, oh. What's Rue like as a bloke? He's he a good fella? Like, comes across a bit of a knob and all that. I say... <laughs> a bit. Yeah, just a bit of a knob. You've nailed it. <laughs> I look after you <laughs> and I sort of... I try and make a case and you know, try to put you in a good light. But, you know, I, I'm not a liar. I'm not going to, you know, completely... So anyway, and, and people say, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, he just, just comes across as a flog. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's fair, it's fair. And no, I paint in his good light. And there was a moment in the season where people watching the podcast went, hmm, okay, there it is around 25 you sold the prodigal son in your life jermaine hopgood (laughs) and they all just went okay that's guru's true colors
0: i see there was uh yeah that yeah especially on social media and everything i i thought it would do well but that did better than what it i ever expected it was actually there was more people that viewed that stupid hopgood apology letter than play super coach that week it was insane and the amount of people that like Message me about it, blah, 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 and giving me shit about it. And I'd say, Oh, you're going to hold him? They're like, I don't play super coach. <laughs> I was like, What the fuck? What do you care for then? Yeah. People just absolutely love that Hopgood shit this year. And uh, you sold him a few weeks before for Cam Murray. Mm. Who did I sell him for? Ellie Katala. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for
1: coming. Great trade. Yeah. 180K, a few points. Would have been a particularly good trade if Ellie Cattell didn't get rested round 27, but... Yeah, that would have been a
0: huge one. Uh, And yeah, that was all... That was, much as I loved Jermaine Hopgood and everything (laughs) like that, um, minutes were becoming a worry. Had the buy in round 27. I knew that I wanted to get rid of all my eels before round 27 so I could make other Mm. moves that week. Um, And yeah, that was just a... Yeah, we, we, we saw it, pe- people made it out like it was a bigger trade than what it was, but I thought it was a very common sense decision.
1: I thought, well, so I did this exact same thing a few weeks earlier. Yeah. I thought it made complete sense.
0: Yeah. there was no, there was no point getting to the end, getting to round twenty seven, having any Paramount of players. If you did, you're a moron. Yeah,
1: right, so Now I'll let you introduce round twenty six, and I might just switch off for the rest of the show because I <laughs> we'll have to.
2: We'd, no, we if don't. Really have Mate, to. We're running this shit, so if, no,
0: we <laughs> don't have to do anything. All right, I will her sit up. here and talk to myself if I have to. <laughs> it's eighty percent of my career. It's not so the only thing fine. you might
2: do to yourself. Uh, round twenty-six. All right, we'll, ad- we'll address it. DCE and Tolatow caller in. You sold Nico Hines and Latrell Mitchell, Mitchell, who had a buy that week for South. So uh, Manly up against the Bulldogs, as it was. Yep. Uh, you had plenty of cash to play with. You sold one point four million and. To still have two trades and that much money at, in disposal at that time of the year, this is, this is what you were talking about, you know, rounds 16, 17. You were preparing for a week like this. Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, and, yeah, we knew it was going to be carnage in the last few weeks. If you didn't, you're probably lying, to be completely honest with you. Um, and, yeah, I wanted uh, – obviously, depth was important and my depth was good enough. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. But I think just having trades for the back end is so important. And, you know, there was there was running jokes. I think with eight weeks ago, I had 12 trades or whatever. Um, and, you know, I still got to the last week and only had one left. Mm. But the moves I was able to make, I think from about round 23 onwards, Tinos, Teddies, Catalas, these sort of guys, obviously Kohler and, and DCU with a cherry on top. But, um, you know, I've had seasons like this before where I've had a lot of trades coming to the back end. If you don't make the right moves, it doesn't fucking matter.
1: And the other thing about it, oh, it's one thing to have trades and think, oh, it's cool, and you get an extra play that week, today." But when you do it for the final two rounds, which this year emphasised more than ever. Now, this was an exception in that Cole, as said, had the highest score of the year in the round yeah. 27. But because it's not a long term play, and you go, oh, this matchup and this matchup, you go two weeks to go or one week to go, who has the absolute best matchups? And you've looked at them and gone, the Tigers and the Doggies, who have thrown in the towel for the year, they've got nothing to play for. Manly can be flat track bullies at times. It just had big Manly score written all over it. Yep. Who's just going to fullback, Cola. So not just the trades, but you get the best, best matchups
0: of the week. Yeah, for sure. And to be honest with you, like, <coughs> I had DC, I had Kola, which was fantastic. And I look back now and I yeah. actually, in, in our, the episode leading into the grand final, where we're talking about our last trades, I mentioned it in one sentence and I didn't give it any more thought. And I know it's easy in hindsight, but when I had DC and Cola, why I didn't go Ola Kawatu? Is yeah. beyond me. And I, I said it one sentence and I didn't give it any more thought. Keep in mind, I had Oluquatu for the first six weeks. So I was always high on him. And I just sit there. And, you know, I went AJ Brimson. I think he scored 80. So I think it ended up being a 100-point difference. But that could have been the <sighs> difference between Imagine 1%. Imagine if you had them three that final round. And I look back and go, I know it's easy in hindsight, but yeah. why didn't I? If DCU was going to have a good game, shock yeah. me, Oluquatu was going to have a good game. Did you love have a combination. Yeah, love a combination.
2: It's almost the perfect storm, and maybe I don't know how much um, emphasis we put on the, this this time next year. Like, but to get a team like Manly playing, um, you know, at home or in daytime footy against the Dogs, um, we haven't mentioned it. But would you have got Garrick? Because Garrick was injured round twenty five. You got Kohler round twenty six. Would you? Do you think you would have done D.C. in Garrick if, if he wasn't injured? Uh, you know what? I don't know if I would have done D.C. because then Garrick would have been goal kicking.
0: Yeah, but I would have gone yeah. Garrick. <coughs> yeah, okay. For sure. Um <laughs> I love Garrick as a footballer. I would have been yeah. more than happy to have him. Look at
1: those like choosing the best matchups. I had two trades going in round twenty six. I got drinking Chez. Yeah. You got Cola Chez yeah. and Brimo. So just having those easy matchups to type, bang,
0: bang, bang. And that was, that was the that was the only thing that put me <laughs> off drink water mm. was that Penrith matchup. And you know, I, I went into who'd they play in round twenty six? Cows.
2: He Dolphins. Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah.
0: So I, I went into that thinking, okay, if I can just get him for sub 140, 150, mm-hmm. I, think, I think I'll be able to win this trade next week because, yeah. I mean, I, I think drinking in the last week scored 40 against the Panthers. Max. That's pretty good for him against the Panthers. I yeah. Think. I was expecting heaps 20 last week. He yeah. got 29, um, so. Yeah. But it's hard because like it's easy, f- it's easy for us to sit here and say, Oh, you know, Cola had the matchup and that was the play, and it turned out to be correct. But how many times throughout this season did matchups just do nothing for us? Yeah. Nothing Nick, whatsoever. Nick Meany, round 17. Nick Meany, yeah, that's one example. But even like, like, drink water to start the season. Oh, yeah. How high were we all on the Cowboys yeah. and Reese Robson and Val Holmes and all these guys because they had this unbelievable draw and it, it just didn't happen? The Bunnies post Origin, their yeah. whole run home. Exactly right. And, mate, this, this whole, you know, roasting situation, it's all good and well because I had those Manly boys. But if they didn't do well, it's the dumbest thing imaginable. <laughs> it becomes bigger than Nico Hines all of a sudden. So it yeah. can turn so quickly and you're relying on two teams that are waiting for Mad Monday. Yeah. But that can be super coach gold sometimes.
2: To me, this, this probably comes back to your draft history yes. because you've picked on matchups and not necessarily who you should have, again, Hines and Cleary. Who you should finish the season with, probably on paper, Sean Johnson, Hughes, whatever. D.C. He's always fourth, fifth run in that halfback ladder, but he was the one, really. That yeah, we all should have been playing with.
0: And this is yeah, and that's why I like to have trades towards the back end because then realistic classic turns into
2: draft. That's my biggest takeaway from this whole situation: is yeah. if you can make up ranks in, I know, or not lose ranks in Origin it's probably less important than what you can do with your trades in the back end of the year, you make up literally mm. thousands of ranks yeah. in two weeks.
0: And I think the, like, and it hasn't come up at all because I anti them all year, just avoiding those New Zealand Warriors.
2: How do you go, talking about any potting um, the Dolphins? Because there was a real point in the season where Hammer and Osako were <coughs> either you buy them or you've missed the boat. Did you get on to a, either of them? Neither of them. We never
0: had Osako, which is funny because I had Osako in draft. Yeah. I picked him like round 16 and he was... A top ten player, he was absolutely fucking killing it, and I just the the thing that worried me with Isaka and why I didn't get on him was because Branko Lee stopped playing, mm. and I thought without Branko, this guy can't get as much good ball, and you know what? He didn't, but it didn't matter. Well, who had K- he, he just Karema finished everything? It was unbelievable. Ishikese. Yeah, it was wild. Like, no one
2: would have seen that. Yeah,
0: and I think you know, I think for a long period of time I sat there and went, you know, Isaka is one of those guys that if you got him, you're probably not actually a great super coach player. Just got a little bit lucky. That yeah. was my thought process for a long time. But you've got to give credit to guys. Took 26 Making weeks it. to change our mind. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> By around his... 27, yeah. he's just going to turn again. <laughs> he's just going to do it again. He's going to keep doing it. So, yeah. And, mate, I had him in draft. I was a believer, but not as much as other people were. So full credit to people that made that move because mm. sometimes you just got to back in the hot hand.
1: Boys, I think we'll wrap that up for the roast to the Roo. You've... How'd you go, mate? Enjoy that?
0: I did, yeah. That was pretty... That's pretty good. Obviously a good season and whatnot. So
1: Rise up so. next week. You're up, mate. Yeah, are you prepared? Oh. I, I cannot wait to get to your final trade of the year.
2: Yeah, look, it's gonna be the talking point. Um the good thing for me is it's gonna take twenty six weeks to get to that <laughs> point. So <laughs> might go in reverse. Twenty five perhaps. Um, we'll break it before that point. Yeah, I know. I, i'm fingers crossed, um not too rattled by that point. Just to give you a heads up too, Timmy, this bloke is a bullshit artist. I've got a big bone to pick
0: with him next yeah. week. I
2: don't think you need to pick it with me. I think there's someone else you I need to pick, pick it to tender with. <laughs> it's
0: not one of us.
1: Looking forward that will be next week the roast of Arisa. Of course, reach out to Blue Wealth Property. Let us know if you need links to that. Personal message. Guru or myself. Thanks to Kempi Bloke in a Bar, as always. So let's wrap it up. Cheers for shooting in.
0: Guru back to back.